I got some records, I got some records to talk about. I probably will never do that again, and so that will have to be looped somehow into all of my intros. Welcome back. Uh, my name, Noel, that's what we're going to call myself for um, for license purposes, I guess, or legal purposes. Um, and I got some records to talk about. Um I was the last episode that I remember recording was probably with Jonathan. We talked a little bit about Rage Against the Machine, and we talked a lot about um, just the just all of the um, the nuances that went into it, that group and and that that movement, that moment in history, um, and how we we missed the mark with with that maybe. Um, and so I think there's a link up for that podcast. Um, and so yeah. yeah please feel free to go and, and, and watch that podcast. Um, this is a new episode of, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm going to call this the record spinner podcast. That's the site name. That's the name. That's everything. So, uh, episode one official of the record spinner podcast. Uh, we got some pilot episodes, but this is the official numero uno. Uno. And I say numero uno because I got some good world music. Now, as a record collector myself, um, I, I have a lot of different hats, a lot of different expertise, if you will. Um, uh, it starts, it all starts, I think jazz is the core. Um, it, you could say hip-hop is the core, maybe. And then jazz kind of comes out of my love of hip-hop, my love of searching for samples, my love of sample-heavy music in hip-hop. So I would have to say the core is hip-hop now, right? Now you go into jazz, and, and, and jazz has all types of amazing nooks and crannies. You have the uh, traditional bebop, and, and even further back, which I don't get into much, but like the gospel and, and the Dixieland stuff. Um, not really my cup of tea. I delve in a little bit, know a little bit about it, but not really my stuff, right? Um, my stuff comes about 1940, 1950, and this is bebop, this is post-bop, uh, into cool jazz, into fusion, and into, of course, uh, what we have now, which is just a lot of like good stuff, free jazz, um, experimental, et cetera, et cetera. So, now, of course, like I said, lots of nooks and crannies in jazz, so within this 
umbrella of jazz, you even have a lot of world stuff. Um, some of my favorite uh, types of jazz is easy, easy listening, and, and that's a type unto itself. Uh, I hate non-music people because when they hear easy listening, I think they think elevator music and they think Kenny G and they think, you know, very boring, dull jazz music. And that's not at all what I like. I like Latin jazz. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> but Latin jazz uh, or bossa nova um, is a big genre in the Latin jazz community. Um, also psych, uh, psychedelic uh, music in general, psych- the psycho that the psychedelic Latin uh, movement uh, is a huge one. Uh, it, it it's it goes into rock and, and and a little bit of funk and a little bit of jazz. It kind of fuses that stuff together to make a really trippy type of uh, type of recording. I have a record here, and it's pronounced uh, Lo Borges, uh, Lo Borges. Uh, and I think my Spanish is pretty good on that one. If it's not, please don't fault me. I, I know what I'm talking about. I just don't know a lot of pronunciation, that's all. Anyway, the record cover, which will be the cover of this podcast when we're done here, um, is one of my favorite covers, actually. It's a pair of Adidas that are really worn, um, and it that's it. That's that's it. And, and, and they're clear, the background is clearly some type of um, brush bush area um, but it's just such an amazing cover to look at I, I really enjoy looking at the cover now of course some of the details about this record of course that you want to know it was an album that was released in 1972 by an artist known as Lo Borges. it was a self-titled LP I believe um, I don't know if it was his first or his second. I can definitely check, though. Give me my phone. Google is great for everything, by the way. It really helps ease the comfort of not knowing something. Um, so I really depend heavily on, on Google when it comes to uh, when it comes to finding out dates, uh, genre, genre influences, all types of weird little details, so... Uh, let's see. Let's look at the album. It it. I'm gonna get into the the sound of the album in a second, but I do want to cover just some of the the actual details here. Um, Brazilian songwriter Laborres, um, and I said that correct. I think. Um, I thought it was Argentinian actually, or Argentinian rather. Um, let me see. I got the date right here, yep, 1972, considered psych rock or songwriter music, That's this is what Wikipedia is telling me now, of course, um, released on the record label OD On, um, and yeah, it came out in 1942, it was his first slash second, he had two that dropped in 1972, um, you know, Brazil and, and the Latin uh, jazz psych movement, uh, whatever you want to call it, I, I, I would, I'd, I'm just going to call it Latin, Latinx music, right? Um, for, for, I guess, legal purposes. Um, yeah, but so this type of music, um, it's interesting for, for a number of reasons. I think what happens a lot of times, and this is one of my fascinations with the continent of South America, 
um, and, and just the, the greater Latinx community as well, um, as well as, I know that's a lot of as wells, um, as well as the continent of Africa and, and even some parts of Asia and Asian, old Asian grooves, um, which I also want to talk about briefly before we go today. Um, but the thing I love about the continents and how how their world how the world music works or how their native music works to them um a lot of times uh, we don't hear about a lot of these post or posthumous um lps and albums and even eps songs just songs that didn't quite make it all the way up the billboard right um so what happens is a lot of times these cats only make like one or two albums and for a music head like myself and listening to the Borges for the first time back in 2000 and uh, I feel like it was 2008 where I first heard um, I first heard the song give me a second it's number two on on the actual track list uh, I'm not gonna try and say that there's a lot of like funky stuff it's Kankao Post yeah, I think that's the song. Maybe that's not the song. Maybe it's the uh the third track. But I actually no, I I know the timestamp actually. So yeah, it is it is that song actually. Um, but yeah, I heard that song back in two thousand and like eight, two thousand and nine in college, and I was like absolutely stuck on the fact that this song was so beautiful and so melodic and and so trippy and of course in college right uh, I was uh, a victim of doing a lot of hardcore drugs in college um, that is unfortunate uh, or very fortunate however you want to look at it right um, LSD and mushrooms I never did LSD actually I only did mushrooms and a lot of weed of course um so yeah so I heard this song. It was absolutely beautiful. I kept it on playlist all the way up until, and, and never really, that was the thing about me at that point. I was a radio DJ in college, and so I had these playlists that I would make, but I never really followed up into actually investigating um, the type of, uh, or, the, or the whole LP or the whole album itself a lot of times. I would only go off of whatever it was I heard. I, there were a lot of great indie rock songs that I kept on playlists from guys like Albert Hammond and stuff like that. And, um, and I mean, like, yeah, I just didn't really tab the album. I just kept the song. And, you know, and, and now I've grown to hate those people because I'm an LP guy, a big LP guy. Um, in fact, I won't, I won't even, I'll like a song, but I won't buy a song unless there's a great body of work behind it. Anyway, so I hear this song. It's probably one of the most beautiful, beautiful, just just melodic songs I think on on the record and and in the genre itself. Um, and and recently I think it was reissued, um, of course by a big conglomerate. I think Universal did the reissue here um, in this one. Um, you know, sad face, right? Supporting a corporate supporting the corporate slave owners um but yeah i i I'd had to do it because it was on my want list of vinyl for a very long time and just because of that song right so i hadn't even listened to the entire lp until a recent road trip where i decided to give it a whole listen and fell in love with it and that's where i was just like i'm glad i bought this i'm glad i finally made that decision and, and bought it and, and um yeah i mean 
the the genre in general uh just a little uh, uh, just kind of going back to what i was talking about it's full of like one hit wonders or not even one hit wonders like just regular people or or regular musicians that got a few albums out there into the world and luckily so for us right um fans of the music unfortunately they weren't able to put out a a, a breath of work a, a whole bunch of work like like we're so accustomed to today most musicians get about maybe i would say to three to four um yeah so where was i uh yeah most artists get about four to five three four to five um lps full in a lifetime um but unfortunately for a lot of the greatest musicians and greatest artists that we get um out of places like brazil and argentina and south and the rest of south america and even central america like i said latinx right um and even in parts of africa the whole continent itself uh, we don't really get artists that get to have a full range of progressive music that comes out a lot of times what we get is maybe an album maybe some compilations maybe a few uh few individual eps that come out and that are found by producers like mad lib and other diggers who go around the world as their job which is i'm so jealous of by the way and dig for these and dig for these tunes um but yeah, so I, I think that it's a shame that that that's that that's the claim to fame. I think one of the things, one of my biggest gripes is with, and and I, I struggle to say this, posthumous or posthumous uh, fame, and and I and I really struggle with with uh, with the the notion or or just what it what it what it means what it entails and and so it it essentially is like the best example of a of a posthumously famous musician um for i guess for white people and for black people there are two there are two different ones um i think jimi hendrix is probably the greatest example of what it means to be posthumously famous um i think a modern example is like nipsey hustle right obviously nipsey hustle uh passed away and all of a sudden he was an icon here's a guy who literally spent his life devoted to trying to get people to to realize how corrupt the music business was and not only how corrupt the music business was but how corrupt the the industry uh, that we live all live under is um as far as the the worker um worker uh worker organization relationship goes um he wanted everybody to be owners and try and and try and and, and get the get the hustle on right um so he dies and he becomes uh, uh the spokesperson for this which is it, it's good that it happened right better late than never but unfortunately it, for him it was never that he saw the fruits of his labor and and saw the fact that he was able to to galvanize a whole movement within the culture of hip-hop um jimmy hendrix going back to my one of my favorite i'm a music historian uh amateur of course um not licensed or anything i'm sure white people have made a license for being a, a historian i'm sure but so yeah i'm not a licensed historian just a, a amateur one but anyway hendrix is a great example of this historically now hendrix did catch on toward the end of his life i know I, I'm, I'm well aware of that uh, he goes to England. He is torn with uh, with 
uh, a few really big bands of the time, um, uh, at the time, of course, and uh, he has a really big band himself at the time, uh, really well-known musicians, but he's not at the level where he reaches uh, after he passes, of course. Um, and and again, I can you can kind of you can kind of look at other musicians who pass. I, I you can say that their stock rises after they pass. Miles Davis, uh, John Lennon, all uh, a lot of big names. You can say, but <laughs> the difference here is, again, I feel like Jimmy was on a Nipsey level, while Miles Davis and a John Lennon had already reached a pinnacle in either had a decline or had stalled out right uh i'm thinking about miles davis right now and miles had a few different modes and he's my favorite he's my favorite musician by the way so you will hear a lot of miles references quotes etc etc um miles he reaches the pinnacle in 1960 or 1959 with kind of blue of course um, he's a well-known musician before then. Uh, he's uh, he's on the scene. He's a guy who is well no he's well known throughout the music circle, but well known throughout the music circle isn't isn't famous, right? It isn't it isn't renowned. So he's well known, but he's not renowned at this point. And Kind of Blue takes him from the well known to the renowned or the household name level of uh, of artist, right? And so he gets to that level. He has a few records during the 1959 to 1968 don't get mad at me if i got the dates wrong a little bit um 19 uh, of course he has a he has a few more mega 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 albums um and things like sketches of spain um uh, and i think that may have predated uh kind of blue honestly but i, I can't i can't recall maybe i should look it up really quick um but I, I do know that the second wave of Miles comes with his fusion, his fusion days. And that comes with, of course, Bitches Brew, which is a huge jazz fusion record. And it pretty much catapults jazz into a whole different d direction that had that record not been made. Jazz maybe have, would have stayed a little stale, I think. And, and I mean, there are obviously other musicians that contribute to this catapulting of jazz into the fusion era um and and he, he's not the only one i mean you have groups like the weather report herbie hancock of course experimenting with electronics and synthesizers already at at, at the turn of of, of uh of the 19 or 1970 uh, decade um and so like you you have that stuff already set up it, it's already coming it's already on its way john mclaughlin um, I'm trying to think about the other cat who uh, whose record I just finished listening to, and it's kind of sad, but um, white dude, uh, Joe Zawinul. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. I didn't have to Google it actually. Uh, Joe Zawinul, who also uh, is is a pianist um, and and just instrument uh, person, just an instrumentist, I guess if that's a word. Um, yeah, really, really great musicians who kind of push jazz into the next level. But of course, I think because of the the, the lineup and because of the skill set and because of the timing, Miles is kind of the forefront of that. Um, Hendrix is going back, right? Hendrix is that, right? Hendrix is that same. This 
put him in that same category, right? And 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 Miles was a huge fan of Hendrix. Fun fact. Um, I don't think it was a. I don't think it's a unknown fact, but just a fun fact. Um, he was a huge fan of Hendrix, and when Hendrix passes, uh, Miles actually details in his uh, autobiography, uh, Miles, um, that he was in he was in the works. He was in conversations with Jimmy to actually get a record together. Let me tell you, if there's one way to for me to just completely empty out my bank account at this point, which isn't much, right? But, you know, empty it out. Nonetheless, I will say shut up and take my money to anyone who digs up uh, Miles and Hendrick's album. Jesus, that would be. And honestly, the two together, I don't really like that much. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up liking Jimi Hendrix and Bob Marley. Really, that those are my two favorite musicians all the way all the way through college, pretty much. But at at the college level and even post college, I fell in love with Miles Davis and John Coltrane and and all of the heavy hitters, Woody Shaw, etc. So jazz kind of took over after at the cusp of or at the end of and after college. So um, anyway, yeah. So I do want to get back to my main point, which was uh, Hendrix and and Hendrix just being at the cusp of being famous and being big and being a household name, but not quite being there, of course. Again, he was in them. He was a known, he was a renowned musician. He was a renowned person in the community of music. But as far as celebrity, he he had just reached that tip of the iceberg. And, and that's why I equate him to, uh, I equate him to a Nipsey Hustle because right at the tip of that is, what you can perceive as him being over the top, right? And we think about it from looking backward. We we don't we can't think about it from that point of it being nineteen sixty and, you know, nineteen sixty and five or nineteen sixty and uh six or whatever, um, whatever year he kind of really catapults and becomes Jimi Hendrix to us. Um because we know that he, yeah, he does become that, right? But he's not that. He doesn't ever reach that for um, for us before he passes. Um, and so he kind of just gets to that point where it's, he's about to cross. He's about to get into music celebrityism, but not quite. Um, so, yeah. I, I just want to say that um, that Latin jazz is is one of my absolute favorite genres. You'll hear lots more about it. If you have a record player and you are a collector like myself or any others out there that is now an in thing, I recommend grabbing Lobojas. And I hope I'm still correct pronouncing it correctly. I think I've said it like eight different times or eight different ways so far, so... Um, yeah, it's, it's a repress, this copy, you can find it, I found this copy on turntablelob.com, shout out to them, um, no, 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 take it back, see, I'm horrible at this, I'm never gonna have sponsors, I'm never gonna be big, I'm, oh my god, it just sucks, I'm gonna scratch all of that, by the way, you can find this record at Mr. Bongo, which, by the way, Mr. Bongo has some of the best records 
in all of the record world. Um, and then, and in this time right now where we're not able to get out and go into our favorite record stores and go digging around like some, you know, punks that we used to, like we used to be back in 2019 and prior. Um, yeah, like I feel like it's a great time to, uh, to get online and go and visit Mr. Bongo and, uh, see what he has that you'll like. He has a wide selection, uh, Mr. Bongo, whoever he is. Lots of good stuff, everything ranging from the Latin stuff and Latin psych and funk and, and jazz all the way down to the more traditional stuff, um, some hip-hop, uh, there's some R&B, there's all types of good stuff, so go and visit them. Um, that's been my time. I just wanted to, you know, briefly talk about my affinity for the the Brazilian people Especially when it comes to that music, boy, I tell you, they're kind of at the forefront. I don't want to make any other culture mad. Um, I, I know that there are lots of great Latinx music cultures within the South America and Central America um, uh, diaspora, right? Or if that's if that's the way to put it. I know that there's tons of good music coming out of all the regions, right? All of the regions. I'm really big into Argentinian stuff, or Argentinian stuff, sorry. Uh, the Chilean music is really fire, um, especially older stuff. I'm really into the older stuff. I like newer stuff, too, but, like, I'm I'm not really big into a lot of the newer stuff, too. Mexican stuff is amazing. Venezuela has some of the best Bossa Nova records, I think. Some of my faves, some just, like, absolute classics, in my opinion. We'll talk about some. Um, but Brazil's up there. It's, it, if it's not at the top, it's right there, right on the heels of whoever it is. Um, so, uh, I appreciate their appreciation for the art form, the music, the, the class that they carry all of their music with, even the psych stuff that is super weird, but just super classy. And so it also seems classy. Maybe that's because I don't know what they're talking about because I don't speak Portuguese, but... So it always seems super classy to me. Um, that's been my time. All right, guys. Deuces. Thank you.